0: Welcome to Word Today. I am your host, Levi Johnny Griffin, and I'm about to tell you a little bit about me and not to brag, but to make a much, much larger point. So don't get uh, lost in all of the uh, accolades and random things I'm about to throw out, but listen till I finish about me. I have tons of certificates in speaking and religious studies and soon to be two degrees from the University of Incarnate Word one of the nation's leading private universities. I've spent hundreds upon thousands, if not tens of thousands of hours listening to scrutinizing and analyzing the word of God and America's and the world's best biblical authors uh, and minds, including apostles, teachers, preachers, pastors, and evangelists. And after all of that study, this is what I have discovered. You and by you, I mean you listening to this podcast today. You are stronger than you think, smarter than you know, forgiven beyond measure, and more loved than you could ever imagine by a God that's been emptied of fury and filled with grace due to what Jesus did on the cross. Today, we'll be talking about that love. We'll be talking about the love that God has for us. What love does when pointed in the correct direction and what love does when pointed at something that is unhealthy, something that will cause it to decay and cause us to decay and rot from the inside. This is probably one of the most passionate podcasts I've ever done, and I want you to embrace it, learn from it, and be blessed by it when we get back. All right, so we're going to talk about love, domestic violence, love in the wrong direction. That's the title, but it's really a misleading title. I just kind of put that out there to grab attention. People are like, oh man, let me listen to this. What is this going on? This is really about love. That's it. What love is. What love isn't. I've had several people come up to me and, and give me uh, information on love, things they were reading. On love and about love and it just kind of prompted me to clear the air and say you know what this is what love is this is what love does this is the results of love this is why uh people act the way they act when they're in love so let's let's just get it popping today on love my first scripture is the attributes of love i think the bible instead of giving a definition of love and and we love definitions don't we you know we we do these definitions the definition of the word word and we give the definition of the word word and definition of the color blue and we like things in nice uh neat tidy uh tidy little boxes and god says listen the word love is huge so instead of trying to give you a uh two sentence definition and then a couple synonyms i want to throw at you what love is and what it really is all about, what it means to experience love. And this is what God says. First Corinthians 13. Uh, Paul is writing here to the church in Corinthians. And this is what he simply says, uh, starting at verse one. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Even as I am fully known. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Wow. Much better than two sentences and a synonym. Powerful of what love is. If someone ever, ever, ever wanted to know what love was, what what love really is, what love really, really means, that's it. That's that's all you really need to read to know what love oh, you know what, every time I think about him, I just I just get goosebumps, oh my goosebumps. I just don't know, girl. I think I'm in love. Hmm. Well come out come crack open first Corinthians thirteen. Are you patient with him? Are you kind to him? are you not envious of his accomplishments you know do you do you not boast of yourself you are you not proud of your accomplishments but but more so proud of his accomplishment do you honor him do you when you're with him do you do you seek to to lower yourself and make him feel bigger because his love is not self seeking um are you are you not easily angered you humble do you not keep a record of wrong so, oh, you get an argument, and oh, three months ago on a Saturday at 4 p.m., you know what you said? You did this, and then, then two years ago, it was a Wednesday, two weeks from Easter. You're like, like, oh, oh, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Do you try to hurt him on purpose when you get angry? Love covers. Do you protect? Do you trust him? Do you hope that every situation will end in something better? Do you persevere? Do the problems. Because remember, love never fails. So if you want to know, man, am I in love? Just come to First Corinthians and do a litmus test. And then that'll tell you really, really clearly if you're in love. Another thing about love, love is fearless. First John 4.18 says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, this reference is talking about salvation. We shouldn't be afraid of going to hell or dying because love for God makes us fearless. And also in John 14, 15, it says that love makes us obey God's commandments. So if we're in love with God, Jesus says, hey, man, if you love me, obey my commandments. So if we're we're truly in love with God and obeying his commandments, then why would we even fear hell? Why would we fear hell? Because there is no fear in love. What's some of the results of love? We're in first John. Let's go from first John four to first John five, verse one. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, because loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. What is this? What is he saying here? He, he's being very, very, very clear, very, very pointed. There's no mistaking in what the point he's trying to make. No mistaking. For One you need to love each other. It says, "Everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well." You need to love Jesus. You need to love each other. It's, it's it's very very clear, and it says, "Listen, if you love God, you'll love Jesus, and if you love Jesus, you'll follow the commands." And once again, it says this in John fourteen fifteen, and this is First John. This, uh, if you go to just John fourteen fifteen, and he just says plainly, "If you love me, you'll obey my commandments." So we know here, if you really really are in love with God. The result is loving Jesus and obeying God's command. Let's move on to First John four. And this is and, all right. So First John four, and I'm gonna give you a little preference before I dive into it. Um, it's where God commands us to love, commands us to love. So what is this going to tell us? If God has to command us to do something. And that means that it's an option. We have the option to not do it. First John four, verse nineteen. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Going back to uh, First John, uh, going to you know predecessor to First John five when it says, hey man, you got to love each other. You got to love Jesus. Love is a prerequisite. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. You got to love each other. You're commanded to love, which means what? Love is a choice. It is an option. You can choose to love and you can choose not to love. Now, with that knowledge, doesn't that make First Corinthians 13 kind of ring out a little bit more to us? Love is patient. Hmm. If love is an option, then I mean I have to choose to love, which means I have to choose to be patient. Love is kind. Hmm. If love is an option, then I have to choose to be kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, which means hmm. If love is an option, and these are the attributes of love, then I have to choose not to be proud. I have to choose not to boast. It it does not dishonor others. Hmm. If I'm supposed to love my brothers and sisters, which is everyone, every human being on the planet is my brother and sister. Jesus talks about this in the parable of the good Samaritan. The good Samaritan is supposed to be this disgusting, horrible human being, but he helped someone else on the road. The Jews are like, ah, oh, he's a Gentile, he's unclean, but this unclean person loved his neighbor, and God, Jesus honors him, becomes kind of the hero of the story. So, hmm, I have to choose not to boast. I have to choose not to. Uh, dishonor others. I have to choose not to be self-seeking. Well, man, I want this promotion, so I'm going to show what I've been doing right and and maybe kind of put down the other guy. But no, it's you honor the other guy and let God still raise you up. He keeps no records of wrong. Well, I'm not going to remember what you did last Thursday at 2 p.m. Right now, it doesn't mean that you're an idiot. You let someone repeatedly abuse you because in that abuse, that's current. That's not a record of wrongs. You're wronging me right now. I'm not having to remember what you did a month ago, two months ago, three years ago. You're wronging me right now. And we can discuss the wrong that is going on right now, right now. But I'm not going to bring up something eight years ago while we're arguing about this today. It protects. Do I protect those I love or do I expect them to protect me? Do I trust? I'm not saying that it shouldn't be mutual protection. Um, If you're a wife, you know, And your husband is healthy and a strong man. You know, it's it's understandable. You expect that, hey, if I'm out somewhere, my husband is strong enough to protect me. But how can you protect him? Can you make sure that you're not giving some other man some attitude that will put your husband in a position to have to protect your honor? How are you protecting him? How are you trusting? Are you hopeful? How are you persevering? Because remember, love never fails. And even at the end it says hey that's faith hope and love and the greatest is love i did an amazing podcast on the law and faith if you have not touched those go back and touch those please that's going those are going to be awesome and a great filler for faith and hope um but yeah go back and listen to those but hey love love is fearless you're not afraid you're not foolish but you're not afraid because you love and remember, love is an option. So these are not things that you just fall in love. Oh, I'm so in love. Oh, oh, I just can't think of anything else. Well, that's fine. But love is an action and love is an option. Are you choosing to love or are you just rolling around on the couch in the feelings? Some more. Let's go to some more results of love. First John 4, 12. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So what's another result of God, not attribute, but a result of uh, excuse me, result of love, the presence of God. They're saying here clearly no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. So it's clear that, hey, if you love people, you love Jesus, you love God, then the presence of God lives in you. It resides there. So you're never far away from God. You never have to fight to or jock for position in the Lord's favor, the Lord's heart, the Lord's eyes, because you live there. Love cannot be defeated. Love cannot be stopped. Song of Solomon is so beautiful. We talk about all love and, you know, romantic love, guy, girl love and all that stuff. And Song of Solomon kind of nails that joker in eight. I'm not going to read you one through five. Uh, of this because it, it gets kind of freaky. You think the Bible gets kinky? Oh, the Bible gets kinky because remember, God created sex. God created love. God created romance. So what kind of God would, would create all of these beautiful things and not give us a playbook on when to use them, when not to use them? most powerful weapon we have or the most I hate to use it, say weapon, but it's, but when you think weapon, you think of cannon, you think of power, you think of grenades. And what would it be like to give someone a grenade or a cannon or a tank that could destroy buildings and not first teach them how to properly use it? To save lives, to do good demolition, to build new new buildings, to to defeat the enemy and save your family, or your people who would not give that training first. It would be reckless. And God says, hey, all this romantic love and passion and all that good stuff you feel. Here's Song of Solomon. Starting at B part of six. For love is as strong as death. Kind of sounds familiar in our vows, right? Till death do you part. That means that you will choose to love this person and, and everything that love encompasses because you don't love them if you're not doing everything that love encompasses. It may be easier to do these things sometimes than in others, but doing them is necessary. So, hey, do you, are you going to choose to love them till you die? You know, there's an old uh, Alanis Morissette song that said you, you promise to love me till you die, but you ain't dead yet. You know, hey, hey, you, you promise to love me till you die and you ain't dead yet. So, hey, what's going on? Why are you over here trying to, you know, be with somebody else? You said you love me till you die and you're not dead yet. Are you willing to love them till you die? It says it's jealousy is unyielding as the grave. Hey, you can't make the grave go away just yet. And uh, his jealousy is unyielding. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Love burns hot. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. You can't you can't get rid of it. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. What is it saying? You can't buy this, man. You can't buy it. You can't sell it. You can't get rid of it. It burns hot and as strong as death. Love cannot be stopped. So that's what love is. Now, if you didn't know what love was, that's what love is. That's the results of love. That's what love produces. That's what love is. That's what love does. It is what it is. So so now love, just so you know, love can be pointed in the right direction. Kind of like the examples we're giving here toward Jesus, toward your fellow man, brothers and sisters in Christ. That's everybody on the planet. Everybody, 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 every everybody, right? Everybody likes the little sound effects. Everybody, everybody, the people you hate, everybody, your boss that gets on your nerve, everybody, your sister, when she gets on your nerve, everybody, your brother, when he gets on your nerve, everybody. Your brother, your friends that sometimes get on your nerve. I got a best friend who I love to death. And sometimes she gets on my, now, everybody, her too. I got to love her too. I can't just love her when it's good. The Bible even says that, hey, what reward do you have if you just love people that love you? It says even evil people love their own kin, their own, you know, children. The people that love them, they love them too. and They're evil. So you got to do a little bit more than that. You, you got to love everybody, evil, good, everybody. Doesn't mean you need to be evil, but you need to love them and let your love bring them to Christ. So what happens? I have three questions. For one, what happens when you love in a wrong, you love the wrong thing, a love in the wrong direction? That's question number one. Well, let's look at what happens when you love an abusive person, uh, abusive person. Let's go through, let's go through uh 1 Corinthians and let's go through the word to To see what happens when you love the wrong person. Cause I've had to talk to people that have loved the wrong person, victims of domestic violence, people that have, women that have had their eyes black and blue. They're hiding out literally in like safe homes with their children and they wanted me to come pray for them, but I had to get cleared and it's a secret location that really people don't know. And I felt like I was like secret squirrel trying to get there. Cause they don't want the wrong, they want boyfriends or husbands to find out and then come and endanger all the women and then beat somebody up. And you wonder, why did it take all of that to get you away from this man? Or sometimes it's an abusive woman, verbally abusive or physically abusive. I mean, like, why did it take so much to get you away from this person? Or maybe you're still with this person. Why can't we rip you away from this person? And it goes back to the Bible. It goes back to what love is. When you say, hey, aren't you tired of getting beat up? Aren't you tired of this verbal abuse them calling you this and that and threatening your kids and cursing and they come to your job causing and you lost your job? Aren't you tired of this? No. First Corinthians thirteen, why? Love is patient. Well, aren't you tired of them just crapping on your life and, and you still loving them? No. Because love is kind. Well, they seem to be having a great life, but your life seems to be miserable. They go out and party, but they lock you up in the house. Aren't you tired of that? It does not envy. But they have the better thing. It does not boast. It is not proud, but they're dishonoring you and you're not. It, but you're still honoring them, of course, because love does not dishonor. It's not self-seeking. Aren't you mad about this? Don't you want to do so? Aren't you angry? Love isn't easily angry. But they beat you up yesterday and day before. Love, it keeps no records of wrong. And I had to understand <laughs> that they really did love this person, this woman, this man. Even if they didn't have kids with them, they had no ties to him. They weren't married to him, and trying to honor their marriage. That's you know, amicable, right? But but even a situation where there's no children, there was no marriage, there was no ring, there was no nothing. You still see people doing this and staying in such violent, horrific relationships. And why? Because they're. In love, and you go, what is going on? They're in love, and then you go to attack the person. This person is a dirtbag. This person is horrible. Verse seven, love always protects. But they're a good father. They're they're a good wife, or they're a good man. They're a good guy. They're they're a good person. This, they're just they're just going through some things on their job. But like, how can you trust them? Because love always trusts. This is only going to get worse. And they'd be like, no, this will get better. Why? Because love always hopes. See part of verse seven. Don't you want out? No, because love always perseveres. D part of verse seven. And verse eight, love never fails. So getting someone out of a horrible situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. Why? Because they're in love. Aren't you afraid of dying or him killing you or her just keying your car again or something? John 4, 1 John four eighteen. There is no fear in love. Love is so powerful, right? Song, uh, song, uh, song of Solomon 8. For love is as strong as death. Burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. Love is meant to endure. Love is designed, created by our father to endure anything and everything. People beat your children. You go and save them. People die jump in front of buses for their kids or for their husbands or for their wives. They endure torture for their family, for their love of God. They get stoned because love is meant to be that powerful. It's meant to be that powerful. Even as that's, that's why it's hard, even if someone has a bad habit, like, man, this person's addicted to drugs and shooting up drugs, snorting drugs. And you think, man, aren't you tired of it? No, because love is patient. How do you look yourself in the mirror? Because love is kind. Love has no record of wrongdoing. But look, you're you're throwing your life away. Love isn't proud. It doesn't boast. And love never fails. So what are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that these people will stay in these situations forever? No, you can get out and I'm going to tell you how to get out. But first, I want to tell you, give you a slight warning. Now, warning is be careful what you allow yourself to fall in love with. Because it's easier to fall into than it is to fall out of. It is It's much easier to fall into than it is to fall out of. Let's go down to uh, first John four. Where we said, hey, verse 1 John 4, verse 21, and he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. So we know that we're commanded to love and that love, if it has to be commanded, that means that it is a choice. All that to say you can choose who you love. Well, you can't choose who the heart loves. That's malarkey. That's malarkey. You can 100% choose who you love. Don't hang around that rascal. You won't fall in love with him. Don't go be, don't go partying with them. Go, don't go chilling with them. You won't fall in love with that rascal. Hard to fall in love with something you don't know, but you'll love something. You know, you go up plant a tree out front and watch it grow for five years. Someone comes to chop it down. You go, no, I've been planting this tree and I watered this tree. I love this tree. Why? Because the heart was meant to love and love is powerful. But don't allow yourself to plant the tree or water the tree. Don't spend time with them. Don't be around them. If you know this is negative, this person is negative. This situation is negative. Don't allow yourself to fall in love. Don't allow yourself to fall in love. And if you're in that love, then there's 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 hope for you, too. If you're in love with a negative habit or with a negative person, then there's hope for you, too. First John 412 uh, we read it. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That shows that if we love the presence of God is with us, if the presence of God is with us, what did the word say? If God be for us, who can be against us? You use this presence to gain strength. If God is in you, with you, near you, then you are stronger than you think you are. You're better than you think you are. You're smarter. You can figure things out faster than you think you can. You're anointed. You are blessed. You can survive anything. Why? Because God is with you. God is with you. Now, Song of Solomon says, hey, love is strong as death. Love burns like a fly fire. Love is like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly you can't buy, it. you can't you can't steal it and you can't give it away. You can't get it uh any other way, and once you got it, you can't get rid of it. But it, it shows that hey, love cannot be stopped, but it can be redirected. I read a book called The Power of Habit and it talks about how our habits are imprinted in the back of our brain closest to um our spinal cord. Um, that connection there, the basal ganglia, and it's imprinted there, our habits. So for example, if you eat cake every day at five o'clock, if you remove the cake and put carrots, that habit will be there till you die. It'll always be there. But when you go to the kitchen to get the cake, you'll find carrots instead. So you'll eat the carrots. So the habit is still there. You just exchange what the habit fulfills or what the result of the habit is. You'll always love. And if you love something that is destructive, if you love a person that is destruction, destructive, you will always love them. It's kind of like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. They say, you know, 88 days, I'm an alcoholic. That's 88 days sober. And you go, well, you're no longer an alcoholic. You're you're sober now. And it's like, no, I'm always an alcoholic. I'm just 88 days sober. And I want to go the rest of my life for being sober. They realize that. The propensity to drink is always there, but I am maintaining it. You will love this person forever, but you can redirect that to another person that's healthy, right? Get out of a relationship with them and direct it toward another person that's healthy named Jesus Christ. Let God strengthen you, build you up, send you a mate that will love you forever. Now, this gets a little more sticky if you're married, right? Because you want to be married. The only cause for divorce is adultery, Um, you know, un faithful in marriage. Now am I saying, hey, stay with someone who is snorting cocaine, beating the tar out of you and your kids. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't be so easily uh thrown away. I've seen people throwing their marriage away like, oh, they were abusive. Did they hit you? No. Uh did they cuss at you and do were you feel threatened for your life? No, but he raised his voice two Fridays ago and I just don't like like, okay, no. You're 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 trying to uh use an extreme situation um uh, where Uh, To get out of a commitment that you made that should last till death. Um, I'm not. I don't believe someone should stay in a marriage uh, where someone is committing adultery or where they're literally, you know, afraid for their life through domestic violence or or drugs. And uh, but by the same token, um, short of these extreme situations, most marriages don't go, don't get divorced because someone's afraid for their life. They get divorced because people choose not to be uh, together anymore. Um, So I do think people need a a little more get up in their get upper, a little more fight in their fighter to fight for their marriages and short of a extreme situation. You need to stick it out and you need to fight because it does say strong as death. And if you're not dead yet, you should still be fighting for your marriage short of one of these extreme situations. We talked about a couple, uh, two more quick point. Love covers a multitude of sin. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin, which explains why it covers your bad habits covers you know, covers your physical violence, your emotional violence, uh people that are just emotionally draining, very negative, uh don't physically touch you, but they're just trying to suck the life out of you with their words, put you down, you're ugly, you're stupid, and this is their this isn't an argument, this is everyday living. Um, but love covers a multitude of sin. The Bible even says, Hey, if you're married to a non believer, stay with them. Stay with them that your faith may bring them to Christ. Because love is that powerful. Listen. Hopefully this teaching on love blessed your socks off. This is one of the most in-depth teaching on love I think I've ever, ever done. I still have one more note at the bottom here. Follow the pack podcast, click on the link and see that hidden note there. Um, That's it. Listen. I really appreciate you checking out today's podcast. Make sure to find me on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash Levi, Johnny Griffin. Hit me up on Twitter at Levi underscore Griffin. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple podcast platforms, Google podcast platforms, and Stitcher. Also place a link to this podcast in your social media feed and tag me in it. Levi, Johnny Griffin for a chance to co-host a show with me. Hey, I want to leave you with this. Four evidences of Christian faith. One is belief. We believe in what Jesus did on the cross. It's what covers us and gives us access to the glory of God. B, lifestyle. It just means we live like we believe it. Jesus tells us to live right. We live right. C, we evangelize. What does that mean? We teach other people about Jesus so they can have faith. Indeed, we spread the lifestyle. We teach them how to live like they have faith. How do we do that? We connect them to a church and we connect them to plenty of Christian material, Bibles, Christian books, Christian movies like The Passion, and even Christian podcasts like Word Today. Share it with your friends. If it's blessing you and you're eating and growing from it, let someone else eat and grow from it as well. I love each and every one of you. Let's keep praying and keep pushing in the faith together.